Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel, one by one. There will be spoilers for previous episodes, but no spoilers for episodes in the future. Imagining myself as a cartoon ball and chain, I'm Harrison. And really hoping that my computer just doesn't implode on itself, I'm Jason. (laughs) Harrison, what episode are we watching this week? Why, Jason, we are watching Buffy Season 4, Episode 9, Something Blue. This is the one where Willow's spell goes awry, causing wacky hijinks, such as uh, Buffy and Spike getting married, um, uh, demons to chase Anya and Xander, Amy to very briefly become human again, and Giles going blind. Something Blue was written by Tracy Forbes. And directed by Nick Mark, and originally aired on November 30th, 1999. So Jason, what are you drinking this week? Harrison, um, I was feeling, uh... It's feeling randy today, so I got some blue, oh. got some blueberry wine here. <laughs> I don't know why that adjective popped into my head, but you know what? I'm rolling with it. <laughs> yeah, it's a little weird, um, but okay. Yeah, roll with it. Um, uh, I am drinking. <laughs> um, I'm drinking some grape soda with some vodka splashed in. Um. Well, all of a sudden, mine really doesn't wanted... look as ridiculous. <laughs> I just really wanted some grape soda. So you're right. <laughs> I actually, actually, what I wanted was Hawaiian punch. But when John went to the store yesterday, they were out of Hawaiian punch. And he called me and he's like, they don't have any. And I was like, fine. Uh, grape soda. I just wanted something really sugary and like. I love Hawaiian punch. Like, uh, me too, and I, I was so looking forward to some Hawaiian Bunch, but the grape soda is good too, so. Um, um, okay, so a toast. Um, to uh, transition us into our next topic of discussion before we get into the episode, I'll just put this here, um, a toast to the wonderful, wonderful Charisma Carpenter. Always. Drink. Mm, grape soda. And vodka. Honestly, it's not this... the worst combination, but it's not the best either. You know, it's interesting. This um, this doesn't exactly taste like wine. It tastes like uh, blueberry juice, if that were a thing. And you know, maybe it is somewhere, mm. but like you know how like there's apple juice and grape juice. I'm honestly surprised. Oh, I I've do never... know that there's apple. Juice. <laughs> I know you do. Um, I'm honestly surprised that there isn't any uh, blueberry juice out there. But I feel like if there was, it would taste like this. Yeah. I think the only time I've ever seen like a blueberry juice, it's like those like naked juices, but they're more yeah, like, smoothies, smoothies than like. Um, I, I guess it would just be difficult to juice a blueberry. I mean, they've got cranberry juice, so. That's true. That's true. That's like hmm. a staple at your bars. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, I miss bars. <laughs> I miss bars too. Um, listeners, if you know where we can find some blueberry juice, 
get in touch. Please. <laughs> All right. So uh, before we get into the episode, um, Jason and I wanted to address um, the uh, proverbial, I think, elephant in the room of um, uh, Chris McCarpenter's um, statement. So it was about two weeks ago, I guess, that this uh, this happened. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, Almost two weeks today. Um, yeah. So um, we... Um, our previous episode had already been recorded and edited when when the statement was made, um, and so uh, but we wanted to address it on this one. Um, but yes, Charisma Carpenter uh, released a statement detailing uh, years of um, just really uh, horrible, unprofessional, uh, emotional abuse um, directed at her by Joss Whedon during her time on uh, Buffy and Angel. Um, so uh, just very briefly, we wanted to, to um, wanted to touch upon that. I will say um, there will be uh, because it's kind of impossible to talk about this without spoiling a couple behind the scenes things. Ooh, excuse me. Um, there will be a couple minor spoilers. Of, we'll try to keep them as minor as possible, but um, um, we um, I'll put in the show notes kind of a timestamp. So if you want to move past the spoilers and into the rest of the discussion you you have that option but um uh starting now uh here be spoilers um so yeah um i guess jason when you first saw charisma's statement on twitter what was your what were your like just kind of immediate thoughts on the subject uh, unfortunately it was a strange mix of both um shock but also lack of shock if that makes any sense Mm -hmm. because um while i was shocked by all of the the um the details that charisma provided um it was all it was more just shining a light on basically suspicions that had already been in the world Mm -hmm. um there there's been talk of uh of Joss Whedon not being the best human being to work with um, for a while. And last year, um, Ray Fisher, who played mm-hmm. uh, Cyborg in the Justice League movie, uh, came out saying that uh, Joss Whedon was extremely unprofessional to him. He's been in a, um, in a series of uh confrontations with both Joss Whedon and with Warner Brothers since Warner Brothers having fired him from the uh from the Flash movie in which he was supposed to appear and yeah the it's kind of left like the future of the DC movies up in the air um but the uh but yeah it like I said it was it was like, <laughs> oh man, this is um, this is bad, but it also, uh, like I said, I'm very sad to say it wasn't surprising. I think the reason mm-hmm. that it um, the reason that it hit me so hard was because um, unlike other um, celebrities who have been in the past couple of years uh, called out for their abusive behavior, like Harvey Weinstein and um, kevin spacey 
uh, Joss Whedon was like, his works have been so instrumental in, um, in basically my growing up because I mean, I'd say, Mm -hmm. I'd say, oh, there was a, um, like Buffy was the biggest thing for me, but I mean, he's had, he's had kind of his hand in a lot of stuff. I mean, he was part of the, uh, part of the writing team for Toy Story. Um, Mm -hmm. he, uh, he wrote the, probably one of the coolest songs from, uh, from the second Lion King movie. Uh, it's my lullaby, right? Yes. Um, and it's, yeah. So like his, his work has kind of been there and I always, for the most part, really enjoyed it. So it's like, I had this image of Joss Whedon, but that image is like, absolutely shattered mm-hmm. after this um and uh yeah it's a, it, a little uncertain on how to move forward mm-hmm. but i mean obviously um accusations should always be listened to yeah. and um and yeah like the when charisma carpenter posted this statement it was then followed by a statement from amber benson um, a short statement from Sarah Michelle Geller, uh, and even a statement from Michelle Trachtenberg, which mm-hmm. was probably the most off-putting. Yes. Um, p- apart from Charisma's original announcement. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's like they wouldn't be, they wouldn't all be saying these things if it wasn't true. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's it, it was just genuinely disheartening, <clears throat> and. And, and but I mean of course the per I felt absolutely the most sorry for the victims of it which it like charisma and everyone else yeah I yeah I'm right there with you it was um you know I, I read it and I was I was angry I was um you know I was very saddened um you know but yeah I the shock I felt like you said was more the um the shock of trying to wrap my head around like how someone could do it, you know, how a person could be like that. Not the shock that I, I wasn't necessarily shocked um, about this at all. And I especially wasn't shocked to see that um, it was Charisma Carpenter who this came from. Um, the, the circumstances surrounding her exit from Angel have always been, pretty public um that she uh got pregnant in the fourth season uh or before the fourth season um they had to rewrite a lot of the season to accommodate that um and that led to her not uh being written out of the show at the end of the season and it's always kind of been framed um uh, um even by charisma herself um as like a, uh, this is just kind of what happened. It's just kind of, unfortunately, this is just how things went. Um, and now we're seeing that, no, it was, you know, deliberately retaliatory. I mean, she she'd already given birth by the time, like, they, they wrote her out of the show. So her pregnancy wasn't an issue anymore. Um, and it was, that's pretty fucked up. You know, I'm thinking of, Listen, actors get pregnant, and that does 
obviously provide some logistical issues for shows sometimes. But, you know, I'm thinking of, uh, you know, Gillian Anderson in season two of The X-Files. She started wearing a lot of big coats and standing behind tables a lot. Um, Kobe Smulders and Allison Hannigan were pregnant at the same time on um, How I Met Your Mother, and they dealt with it. Um, Melissa Fumero was uh, pregnant during uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. Um, and what, they send her to undercover in the prison with, like, the fake baby bump, right? Is, yeah, yeah. Which, honestly, might be one of the most, uh, might be one of the most creative ways to yeah. ride around it. Um, uh, uh, Carrie Russell was pregnant during the fourth season of The Americans, and I didn't realize it until an episode where she, like, midway through the season, where she was holding a suspiciously large uh, salad bowl in front of her and I went hold on a second is Carrie Russell pregnant like it can be dealt with without having to you know yeah sometimes you might have to rewrite some episodes and the actor might need to take an episode or two off and you deal with it but this is just fucked up yeah and the horrifying thing was is that um it this wasn't the first instance of this yeah um, this was the culmination kind of, of abuse. all of it yes um because charisma stated that it this kind of abuse occurred um different kinds of abuse from, um from what she said mostly verbal um mm-hmm. uh but uh, honestly what michelle trachtenberg said i'm a little worried as to that not being the only thing but yeah. uh it uh but yeah, it had been prevalent since the show first started. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you have to think that Charisma Carpenter was on Buffy for three seasons, and then on Angel for four, and that's that's seven years of just abuse that... And it, it was something that multiple people went through, mm-hmm. and it's this really um, intimidating environment where people have to not only deal with this treatment but also have to keep quiet about it keep it Mm -hmm. to themselves if they want to keep their jobs and yeah it's it's sickening just how toxic of an environment hollywood is Mm -hmm. and that's kind of the big thing that has come out um in like as a result of the me too movement um i say come out in that it's actually getting some criticism towards it because mm-hmm. as the Harvey Weinstein stuff, it's mostly said like, this is just kind of ha- the way things were. Yeah. And it's not just the entertainment industry. It's, um, it's the, uh, it's in practically every industry. Mm-hmm. It's just that, um, I mean, we're talking about an entertainment sh- mm-hmm. source here. So, uh, well, yeah, I, you know, and this is so, like you say, it's so pre- prevalent and also they, we have this thing in our society of the, um, I, I guess I'm going to call it the, like, um, the arrogant male genius, you know, where we excuse certain behaviors from people. And it's always, almost always white men um, who, because they're so brilliant at what they do, we just kind of let everything else slide. Um, and... Uh, you know, we, and not just 
uh, Joss Whedon, um, but like um, Bob Fosse as an example, um, just the first one that came to my head, but um, it's not a new thing, you know, and we, as like you said, luckily we are, these people are being called out, they're being exposed, um, but um, yeah, it needs to... I guess we need to stop romanticizing that sort of thing. You know what I mean? I guess the last thing, unless you have any any other kind of thoughts on this subject. Uh, Not really. I don't. Honestly, I don't know how many people are uh, are interested in hearing the opinion of a white man about all of this. Um, Yeah, just that uh, just that we where we firmly stand is with the victims. Mm -hmm. I mean, we stand with Charisma Carpenter. We stand with all the Buffy actors. We stand with all the Angel actors, and we stand with Ray Fisher too. And every mm-hmm. everything that might be um, connected to Justice League or any other thing that Joss Whedon has said, and I have suggested, and Harrison has agreed with me mm-hmm. that um, we still want to enjoy the art mm-hmm. um, that has been created, and. Uh, because Buffy is bigger, Buffy and Angel are both yeah. bigger than um, Joss Whedon, and so. But we also don't want to like keep giving him credit after everything that he's done. So yeah. from henceforth, um, again, my suggestion: uh, I just want to refer to Joss Whedon as the show's creator, and. Yep. And that's it, because that's that's what he is. I don't want to... When we talk about how good this show is, I don't want him to be able to take any credit for it. Yeah. It's, like you said, it's more than just him. It is the work of hundreds of actors and writers and directors and stunt coordinators and musicians, etc., etc., etc. And, you know, and it's had a profound influence on people and their lives, Um and, you know, as I've said, this is, you know, this show is what, you know, kind of uh, pushed me into uh, uh, wanting to be a writer. And, you know, I don't want, you know, we're not going to let the actions of this one man um, take away the hard work of other people or what it what it's meant to us. Um, while simultaneously, also, as we're watching... Um, being uh, you know trying to be a little more aware of that of what was going on behind the scenes and um you know you know uh kind of um uh reconciling some of that and uh you know uh cuz we we can't separate entirely from this you know we can we can yeah. compartmentalize as much as we can but it's still always going to be there um and so, you know, I think it's possible and I think it's necessary to both still, you know, continue to engage and love what we love about it, but also engage on this other thing. And, um, you know, just like we talk about, you know, we um, we, we are critical when we we feel we need the, to be critical about the show. And we will continue that with this extra layer just added on top. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, that's that. Um, now, are you ready, Jason, for a complete uh, and total tonal whiplash? 
<laughs> yeah, let's let's talk about something blue. Um, and we open up, unfortunately, with, with someone who is blue, Willow. Um, it's it's. <laughs> I'm just gonna get this out of the way. So, yeah, <laughs> this is the second time we're recording this episode. As listeners probably know, via via social media, we had some issues with uh, the first attempt at this. And unfortunately, we won't be able to recreate the moment when I realized in the middle of recording that the Something Blue title was all, not just referring to Spike and Buffy's engagement, but also to the fact that Willow is sad. It he says when he realized mind. it, he says that when he realized it, but it was me flat out telling uh, him. Yes, that's fair. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I I was floored. I was like, holy shit! <laughs> and keep in uh, mind, Harrison has watched this show several more times than I have. <laughs> but, um... Yeah. yeah, but no, that was like... Uh, I don't know, I was a little ashamed of you when I saw that reaction, but it was also really funny. No, but I, I know that I have definitely had those moments in my life, and I will continue to have those moments like... Oh my gosh. But uh, Willow is not at her best right now because she is kind of still... She's still not over Oz. Mm -hmm. Um, Even to the point where she is still going into his bedroom and uh, just kind of, you know, sitting around the presence that was made by that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, she's hurting. Um, Buffy, on the other hand, not having too bad of a time herself because, uh, (coughs) she sees, she sees Riley hanging up a, helping the lesbian alliance hang up a sign. And, um, at this point, uh, at this point, Buffy says like, oh, is there anything you want to tell me? And Riley says like, oh yes, I am a lesbian. Um, Riley does exude big lesbian energy. He really does. I don't know if it's like if it's the farm boy uh aesthetic that he has. Um like or it's just general looks, but it looks like he could easily be um a lesbian if he were a woman. Um Yep. But hey, we, we really don't know what Mark Lucas is up to right now, so <laughs> At least I, I don't. I, I don't uh, I think he's married to a woman, I believe, but I Oh, okay. Well, I, I don't mean, keep. I guess. I guess. I don't good for him. Track of all of the Buffy actors, just, just a few of them, <laughs> especially not that one. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, he then uh, says that he then uh, talks about how uh, they were going to go on a picnic. In which Buffy responds, "We were going to go on a picnic," and he's like, "Oh, maybe I didn't accident. Maybe I didn't actually say that to you." Maybe I just <laughs> rehearsed the se- the speech in my head and forgot Very that it relatable. was just a rehearsal. <laughs> yeah, um, Riley. Uh, Riley's honestly not that bad of a character at this moment um, because he does he is able to uh, to hide that soldier boy um, persona so well um, and. He, he does come off in this episode as a pretty nice guy. Um, yeah. Which I think is just very nice setup for what comes after this. 
Um, I don't think oh that's too much of a spoiler Sorry. because you guys I, know. I just found Mark Lucas's Instagram. He he is married and he has a couple kids, and they live on a farm. And he has a bunch of baby goats, and there's just pictures of him with his baby goats, and they're so cute. So does he have actual human children, or does he just have the kids? He does. <laughs> nice. He does have. He has. He has human children. Um. Uh. Oh gosh, he has four. Oh, good for him. Oh. He he does look surprisingly fertile. <laughs> <laughs> What does that mean? What do you mean he looks fertile? <laughs> I mean, it looks like he could. It looks like he could be like the, the the second important half of generating children. Oh my gosh! Oh goodness. Anyway, um, if you want to see Mark Lucas hold baby goats, uh, go over to his Instagram. It's pretty cute. So, good for him. Good for him living his best life. <laughs> yeah, on a farm, just like Riley. <laughs> uh, but um. But yeah, Buffy, uh, and, um, I like, uh, I like Buffy's, like, just got out of the shower hair, um, in this scene, uh, but, um, she, uh, in her just out of the shower hair, she's like, ah, you know what? Sure, I am totally, I am totally cool with going on a picnic with you. She, uh, then talks to Willow about, um, oh, you know, Maybe being with Riley would be a good thing. I mean, there's not, like, all the danger that came from dating, like, somebody without a pulse. Um, uh, she does She does actually reference her time in L.A. in which mm-hmm. she saw Angel for just a few minutes. However, we as the viewers and Angel know better. Um, oh. Yeah. Uh, but, um... But yeah, she says that, you know, being with Riley would be nice and safe, but at the same time, a lot of what she felt for Angel was passion, and she thinks that that might be related to, like, you know, all of the fighting and stuff that we went through, all the danger that we went through. Ha, Buffy, if only you knew. And then she's just like, I wonder where I get that from. And they are immediately attacked by a vampire and like she casually stakes it. I love a good casual staking. Um, Yeah, it's great when she's like in a conversation, stakes a vampire and then immediately returns to the conversation. Yeah. Um, I need to talk about Willow, though. Willow commits an act in this episode, so heinous. It's not all the danger she puts her friends in. I I can get over that. It's the moment she chooses to wear this goddamn poncho that, ugh, I I hereby sentence Willow back to jail. (laughs) It is, it's so awful. It's it's terrible. (laughs) And it looks like really tight. It's like, that looks really, that's like really irresponsible to be wearing while you're out, like potentially going to be fighting vampires. You do not have a full range of motion, Willow. And it's fucking ugly, too. Anyway. <laughs> that is still probably one of my all time favorite moments mm-hmm. of this mm-hmm. podcast. Just 
your first time like truly just going off on Willow's outfit and saying that she should be in jail. That was <laughs> that that is definitely going to be a bit that needs to recur more and more often. Yep. Um but uh let's go to the boys. Um in this case uh Spike who is uh now being chained up in the apartment in Jao's apartment following Pang's um Buffy is still hopeful that they're going to get information from him, but uh, right now he's just in the bathtub, and uh, he Why wants blood. Why did they chain him up in the bathtub of all places? Like, um, I feel like if you can if you can wobble on a chair, it can fall over and break. It's true. Um, like it'd be it'd be kind of hard to wobble your way out of a tub, especially if it's porcelain. Um, you'd okay. like kind of slip. Uh, that that's my guess anyway. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. <laughs> but uh, Buffy is um. Uh, Buffy decides to like start feeding him some pig's blood, uh, out of a out of a novelty mug that says "Kiss the Librarian," which love it. I love. I love that Giles has that mug. Um, and we get yet another reference to Angel. I bet because... Willow bought him that mug. That's my. What'd you say? I said I bet Willow bought him that mug as like a birthday present. (laughs) Or maybe Jenny Calendar. Oh, oh, you're right. Oh, oh. I'm sad. (laughs) We can't bring her up without like. (laughs) Gosh, we can't bring her up without our our heads turning and. uh, Like hers. Yeah, that that was that was the joke. <laughs> I'm sorry for those of you who are still feeling burned about Jenny Calendar. Um, yeah, uh, we get another reference to Angel because um, uh, Buffy's kind of disgusted about having to feed Spike like this, and he's like, "Oh, I'm sure you did this for Angel," uh, and. Uh, so um, yeah, Angel's Angel's presence is still kind of felt, yep. even though he's all the way in L.A. Um, yeah, he doesn't really have too much information to give, and uh, this just kind of annoys Buffy, and she's just ready to get rid of him. But uh, <laughs> yeah, and it's obviously for the uh, for the sake of the contrast of their behavior later in the episode, but they really do kind of amp up the uh, just sheer. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? It's kind of catty. Yeah, the sheer cattiness between them. Willow uh, says that uh, maybe she can use a truth spell um, to help Spike talk. And uh, and Giles says that actually is a good idea. So he's gone, um, he's gone from, uh, I think at this point he's slowly accepting. He can't really stop Willow from pursuing magic so it's kind of like more just Mm -hmm. it's become her thing and uh yeah i think he's accepted that this is something she wants to do something she wants to learn about um and with that acceptance i think i and we don't really go into this much here but we do kind of go into it later that you know he is kind of the group dad can you know observe and kind of guide her in the right direction um with with her her magic um how successful will he be let's find um, out 
But yeah, uh, she says that she needs to um, get some ingredients from the magic shop, and uh, she'll come back the next day, and they'll do the truth spell. Um, but Giles also uh, once once Willow leaves, Giles also brings Giles also brings up with Buffy, like um, is she doing all right with uh, with Oz still being gone, and leave it to Spike to. Uh, Say like, are you both blind? She's <laughs> she's clearly um she's clearly hurting, and they're like, shut up, Spike. <laughs> yeah, I think he says like she's barely like she's hanging on by a thread or something, something to that effect. And he's right. Like we see, literally, it, it we get a cut to Willow going back to Oz's dorm room. Um, that's not that's not the behavior of a person who's um who's moving on from yeah. their grief i am um, i did want to say that it is fun um that spike is uh spike is basically the one to kind of like tell it how it is it's um it's a very different uh it's a very different mm-hmm. but similar uh function that cordelia served whereas cordelia was kind of like bad at reading the room but still speaking her mind spike is fairly good at reading the room but uh and speaks his mind though it usually comes off in the form of some taunting um i in fact i remember when i was first watching the show and uh and a friend of the show ben gerhardt oh like so spike becomes a uh spike becomes a main character and uh and ben said yeah well the Cordelia had left the show and they needed somebody to make fun of the rest of the characters. Yep. I do. I, I mean, I know they brought partially, they brought him back just because he was extremely popular, but I do think it was a, there was a conscious decision to kind of use spike to fill that, uh, fill that void that, uh, Cordelia left. Um, and I think we were also starting to see, um, uh, Anya filling that void a little, um, you know, a little bit as well. She, she never comes off as, having that role she more comes off as uh maybe that's what her original purpose was but she's slowly finding out more things about humanity and more things that she's going to tolerate about humanity Mm -hmm. um mostly because of xander well it is nice that we can have these characters come in um who are you know they are clearly being brought into um to replace an outgoing character, but they still manage to be, you know, it doesn't feel like we just are getting Cordelia 2.0. It, it, they're, they're fulfilling certain functions that she fulfilled while still being, um, you know, well, well-drawn three-dimensional characters of their own. Um, I felt like community did really well at that too. Um, in the later seasons when they needed to, um, start replacing some yeah. of the original cast Agreed. members. Because um, after all, um, uh, Frankie came in and just uh, nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> As a humble outsider who came in in the last year and frankly nailed it. Yeah. one of my favorite lines. Because she did. Paget Brewster is fucking hysterical. And it actually is... Um, it's... It's a little sad that she only got like one season. Here's hoping to for be the movie, because um, she was great. But um, unfortunately, uh, hope is something that's leaving Willow uh, because she nice goes. Transition. I mean, it's what I do. 
Um, she goes to, she once again visits Oz's room and, uh, everything's gone. Um, at this point, uh, in our original recording of this, we did, uh, discuss about, um, what the logistics are of Oz's living situation there. And we just kind of assumed that he was living with, um, one of the members or multiple members of Dingo's Ate My Babies. And, Mm -hmm. uh. Um, she says that, uh, which is why his stuff was still there. Um, but, uh, she does end up telling Buffy that, uh, is it Devin? Yes. Yeah, that, um, Devin said that he sent for his stuff. And, um, I can kind of, I can kind of feel with Willow here. Um, because Mm -hmm. I think she was holding out hope that, you know... Oz needed to be away for a while, but he was going to come back. And, um, but this was kind of like that final, hey, he's not, he's not going to come back. This isn't a temporary thing. And that can almost be as heartbreaking as the, uh, Mm -hmm. as like, you know, the initial breakup. Because you do kind of hold out hope that like, oh, maybe this is all done like kind of in an emotion, because of uh, like an emotional state. Um, But yeah, this is, um. It hurts to see Willow like this. And um, Buffy's doing her best to, you know, kind of be there for a friend. Mm -hmm. It feels very much um, a a bit like the inverse of the the, the similar scene in the prom uh, uh, between Willow and Buffy. Um, And I I love that. I love... um, I love any really nice Willow and Buffy, like, friend moments. They're some of my favorite moments in the show... And I just love seeing these two, um, these these two young women having each other's back. Um, and you know, Buffy is the perfect person for Willow to go to with this because, I mean, like you said, this is very similar to Buffy's breakup with Angel. Not just the fact that they were both dating supernatural beings, but the mm-hmm. fact that um, both of these guys left of their own accord kind of like saying that um oh this is like kind of best for both of us um Mm -hmm. and uh not the best way to leave things um but uh yeah it it hurts um then uh buffy and um buffy and riley finally have their picnic date um and which includes apples and, and, um, um, and a very uncomfortable uh, monologue about driving. That, yes. Uh, <laughs> clearly, that gets us to a very different place. Um, <laughs> I do love um, the this consistent running th- uh, character trait that, that Buffy sucks at driving. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's nice to see there's something that she's not good at. Yeah, and... Um... <laughs> That doesn't go away. Um, this episode, actually, I'm gonna get to this later, but this episode actually introduces one of my favorite running joke, subtle running jokes of the show, and uh, like I said, we'll get to that later. But um, yeah, uh, Willow does uh, walk by Riley and Buffy's picnic, and this is where I kind of give Riley the nice guy award because. Um, he sees that Willow's hurting, and I mean, in all fairness, he has also developed a um, a, re- a friendship with Willow, 
Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, that's who he was going to for advice when he was trying to ask out Buffy. So um, it, it's good that he doesn't try to, like, you know, chase her away or let Buffy chase her away. He invites her to uh, join them in the picnic, and it is a very, uh, very awkward picnic. Um, oh, my gosh. Your apples are brown. They're dying, just like my soul. <laughs> Almost like the episode when Oz left with uh, Veruca. Um when Veruca and Oz were talking, and uh, and Willow was just kind of sitting in the, in the third wheel spot, uh, yeah, yeah, not great. Um, and Giles, uh, Giles gets worried because Willow doesn't show up to perform the truth spell. Um, he tries to call her, but uh, she doesn't answer. Um, she he mentions during this phone call that he wants to get Spike out of his apartment soon, um, if for no other reason than he can take a shower alone. And um, Jason texted me uh, when he was watching the episode to rightly argue that uh, this should be our gay agenda. Um, Spike and Giles in the shower together, two handsome, handsome British men. <laughs> uh, you know, soaping each other up, you know, ooh, uh, Giles, you, you missed a spot. And then, and then maybe, uh, Giles, like, oops, Spike, you dropped the soap. Can you get it? And then, oh, and then, you know, just <laughs> pounding away. Cause Spike's a bottom. Spike is a, <laughs> Spike is a bottom. I, he and, he and Drusilla were into pegging. <laughs> These are just facts. I, there's no judgment, no judgment whatsoever. We don't kink They're shame. Just facts. We don't kink shame on no the kink show. shaming. No kink shaming. You know. So, um, so yeah. Now that I've put that image in your head of uh, Giles pounding Spike in the shower, uh, should we go to the bronze? Yeah, let's go to the bronze. Uh, <laughs> Wow. All right. Um, so, uh, um, they're at the bronze and, uh, we get our first appearances from Xander and Anya and they're both kind of, and, um, they're both talking with Buffy about how they're a little worried about Willow and, um, but then, uh, Willow is actually just rocking out to Blink-182's All the Small Things. Um, I heard the song and I was transported, like, just psychically to like, you know, being in eighth grade and driving home from school in my mom's van, and this was on the radio. <laughs> yeah, um, this this one shocked me because uh, it, now um, you did discover that um, mm-hmm. this was one of the first times that it was actually played because it, this um, this episode aired before Enema of the State came out, so. Um, yeah, it was the the album was released uh, like early early two thousand and yeah this um, I'm just like curious and this was obviously late nineteen ninety nine so I'm just curious like how that like did they know, did someone on the crew like know the band or with the bands the yeah. band a fan of the show like and, I, and I'm just know, curious like how that came about I'm honestly a little. I'm honestly not too familiar with Blink 182's history. I just know some of their music, mm-hmm. um, mostly from Enema of the State. But um, 
Yeah, I don't know if maybe they weren't that big before Enema of the State came out. Maybe Enema of the State was kind of what broke them into the mainstream. In which case, I mean, uh, the Buffy producers just kind of called it on some of this music. Um, Yeah, I'm also not super familiar with the band. Um, So yeah, I don't don't have the answers. (laughs) But... uh, but yeah, and um, at first everybody's a little confused, like, wow, you know, Will is kind of taking this pretty well. And uh, then a um, then a single beer falls out of her jacket pocket, which, um, you know, I think in my drunkest of moments, and there have been a couple, I don't think I've ever at any one point thought, oh, I need to have my beer with me in my pocket. I don't think I've yeah, ever really thought that. Um, so the fact that like uh, Buffy or Willow had to sneak this uh, beer around, and um, she's apparently like fairly tipsy, um, even though she's drinking light think... beer. <laughs> yeah, I do think that they're overreacting a bit uh, at first here. Like, if she was like fall down sloppy drunk maybe this i think their reaction would be a little more um a little more understandable but like girl was sad she went to the bronze she had she's had less than half of a beer and she's dancing like chill the fuck out y'all like i think buffy feels very much like the kind of television purity puritanicalism like uh oh they're underage like okay buffy is definitely um buffy even mentions uh the cavemen beer scene from beer bad uh she's like maybe she's just been really traumatized by that so she's like no 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 (laughs) flashbacks um (laughs) but now after this though she says um xander tries to kind of talk her down and she says to xander something along the lines of like well why don't you just go back to your mom's basement yeah and now i think that their reactions to her are um are more understandable having been an angry drunk a couple of times what happens when you antagonize somebody who's tipsy i don't know what you mean (laughs) i think you do i I don't no 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 (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's it's not a nice thing she says. No, it's um, not. Um, and and for, Buffy yeah. says, uh, she's like, I'm going to take you home before... Um, and she's like, you'll thank me when you still have friends tomorrow. Um, yeah. Yes. Um, Willow decides to do one of the three things that you should never do whilst you are drunk. And that is perform a spell. And... What are the other two? Uh, drive, yeah. Drive and prime. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Seriously, do not drink in prime. <laughs> you will go into massive debt. Yep. Um, <laughs> I've gotten a lot better about not drinking and priming. Do you remember that time everyone was over at our um, our apartment and we'd been drinking a lot, and I just randomly got on Amazon and saw that scooby-doo on zombie island was like it was like a four dollar dvd and i was like oh buying that (laughs) you know what though 
uh fucking worth no it. regrets i mean <laughs> no regrets no regrets um but yeah uh willow basically is pre- we don't really know what spell willow is performing in this dorm bathroom uh this that is a yeah, this communal place. bathroom some poor girl <laughs> there's some poor girl in the stall who's like what the fuck is going on out there she's like got her legs pulled up so that willow doesn't notice her and she's just like i just needed to go to the bathroom i love um... now someone's in here performing the bl- black arts <laughs> I love, um, God, I love, uh, stories that tell, um, kind of like the, the stories of like, you know, uh, NPCs or bystanders, um, in their point mm-hmm. of view of like traumatic events or whatever. Um, sometimes yeah. it can lead to, uh, very emotional stories, but a lot of times it leads to funny stories. I love it when it's done in comics and movies and in TV and I really want the story of that girl who just had to, like, you know, go in for a midnight pee. And then all of a sudden she sees this she sees this other girl come in, draw, like, a fucking pentagram and dust on the, on the floor, light some candles. And she's like, holy shit, what's going on? And you know what else we don't we don't get to see because the seed cuts away is how much time Willow has to spend after she's done the spell <laughs> to like clean it up. She's got to go find a broom. I like she's to think that she has candles. a dustbuster <laughs> for um, the amount of dust and sands and dirts and soils and stuff that you use for spells um, and powders. I feel like you have to have a dustbuster. That's right. <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, but yeah, uh, so her is basically supposed to make her will be done. Which, when you think about it, is a really dangerous spell. Like, I mean, obviously they show uh, yeah. what could happen <laughs> on a small scale in this episode. But I mean, just imagine if like a bad person did that spell. Yeah, or even that. Like, what if Willow had just like... You know, we're lucky that when she got pissed off at Giles, that she just said, like, you're blind and not, why don't you just go drop dead, Giles? Like, yeah, like the wrong thing, even on accident, could have, you know, I mean, they do, she does nearly get them killed, uh, Xander and Anya killed by these demons. So, um, yeah, we, we, let's, I guess we, let's just say it's good that everything turned out so funny. Because Um, this episode could have taken a dark turn. It really could have. Uh, Giles does come by. um, And uh, Willow's still kind of a little confused as to why her will isn't being done by the spell. Um, Giles shows up to wonder why. And he's like, oh, um, is there a reason that you didn't show up to do the truth spell? And um, she's like, you know what? I can't. I can't deal with this. There's too much pressure. Um. And Giles is trying to, maybe not effectively, but he is trying to, like, you know, be cool with her. But at the same time, he's like, look, you can't let this, um, let everything with Oz kind of, like, completely envelop you. Um, you've got to, like, refocus. And um, he specifically says, I see that you are still hurting from all of this. And willow immediately breaks in and says you can't see anything and um 
now the spell works. And uh, Giles, um, he starts to, you know, having trouble, he starts having trouble seeing. Um, So he, uh, he just decides to leave awkwardly and then uh, bumps into a, bumps into like a student on his way through the hallway. And I'm actually a little, uh, I think he's lucky that he was able to drive home in the state that he was in. (laughs) Fair point. Don't be blind and drive. Uh, <laughs> we, <laughs> we don't see the wreckage he leaves behind him. <laughs> um, it's yeah, and it, I also think it's interesting. He tells her like he doesn't think she should be, um, doing any spells alone, um, which is reasonable. I mean, she obviously she doesn't see it as reasonable because she is in such a highly emotional state. But yeah, I mean. You know, you she shouldn't be messing with things like this. Obviously, it, things can go wrong when she's not clear-headed and and focusing. Um, but yeah, she obviously does not take it very well. Yeah. Um, so Giles decides to take things into his own hands and tries to uh, perform the spell on his own. And uh, but he he's really having a hard time reading the spell. And Spike is just freaking out. It's like, I don't want you to turn me into a slug or anything. Um, <laughs> Reasonable. Reasonable. In Giles fumbling, he does drop the key to uh, Spike's cuffs. And um, Spike is able to uh, get out of the chains and basically just get out of the apartment. But but not before, of course, grabbing his signature leather coat. Of course. He's not leaving that behind. And, uh, yeah, so... Uh, Buffy and Buffy is talking to Willow and um, yeah and Willow is uh, basically just kind of discussing um, at this point she does have Amy the rat um, on on her bed and uh, it's very important where Buffy and uh, Willow are sitting for this because they're sitting at Willow's desk and Willow's just kind of having like a oh I'm not as good as I mean I'm not a real witch like, I'm a really bad witch, and that's when uh, Buffy's is like, no, you're a good witch. And uh, <laughs> and she's like, Amy's really the only one who, Amy's really the only one here who's like a real witch. I mean, she could easily say that, hey, Amy's human. And at this point, the spell takes effect, and we do, <laughs> we do get to see Elizabeth Ann Allen return in the role of Amy for uh, like two or three seconds. Yeah. And she slowly realizes, like, oh, I'm human again. She doesn't say anything. But then Willow just says, and then, but no, she's still a rat. And then she turns back into a rat. I, I'm going to be honest. Like, everything that comes after this is, is fucking hysterical. But this brief moment of Amy being turned human and then back into the rat is... I think it's the high point of this episode for me. I, 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 it is the fucking funniest. It's so mean, like, um, and yeah. I uh, props to to Miss Allen for coming back for that like four second cameo. Um, I also there was a line cut that uh, presumably came here where Buffy says, "So she did a good spell." But the plan kind of sucked. I mean, she's the one stuck eating pellets out of a plastic cup. (laughs) (laughs) 
Also, um, um, just just props to uh, Willow once again because she has continuously taken care of Amy the rat. Yeah, um, yeah. very good rat human ownership. Yes, oh. yes, very <laughs> good. But uh, Giles calls to let uh, Buffy know that Spike was able to uh, escape, and um, so Buffy said, Buffy tells Willow they're like, hey. Had to put this on hold, um, cause I gotta go find Spike, and uh, and as she leaves, Willow just decides to get snarky, and unfortunately, a person who is both snarky and um, has their will be done is not is maybe not Bad the greatest combination. combination. But she's just like, <laughs> gosh, it'll only take you like a couple seconds to find him, and she. Like, Buffy walks right outside their dorm, and there Spike is. And he's like, what the hell? <laughs> it's really great. <laughs> but yeah, um, and and Spike does, like, kind of start really losing it because he realizes that, oh, the entrance to the initiative is in this quad. and uh, But that doesn't stop Buffy from, like, you know, bringing him back to Giles' apartment. Yep. <laughs> and tying him up again and uh there's a great moment when he's they're in giles's apartment and they're like arguing with each other and puffy yells to giles off screen who's off screen she's just like giles i accidentally killed spike that's all right isn't it <laughs> <laughs> and giles is so over their shit <laughs> it's like, like I'm done with this. He, he was kind of, you could see at the beginning of the episode, he was, like, kind of irritated by it. But now, like, combine it, they're they're bitching at each other with his blindness. And he's like, I just, f- fuck y'all. No, it is, it is childish. <laughs> like, it has reached yeah. the point of them just being childish. Um, <laughs> me- it actually, it, it's kind of like, um, it's very similar to their dynamic, um, just amped up a bit, uh, in uh, Becoming. When they're yeah. like begrudgingly working together, yep. um, this is this is the dynamic that they have when they're not trying to kill one another. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's great. Um, yeah. Willow, meanwhile, has gone to uh, Xander um, in hopes of being able to talk about this. Um, and Xander, you know, he's really trying to help Willow out. Um, yeah, he's really sweet. Yeah, uh, we we've God. I need Xander to do something shitty soon because this is getting ridiculous. You know, I out. think I think we're moving away from the Xander does <sighs> something stupid or shitty in every single episode that he's in. Um, now it's just every couple episodes. Yeah, uh, yeah. That chat <laughs> alert hasn't gone off for a little bit, um, and you know, maybe maybe it helps that uh, that he has Anya in his life and. <laughs> It's like all of his stupid comments and honestly kind of disrespectful way of viewing women just don't seem to phase Anya. So it's like his typical his typical mannerisms just do not work in this relationship. So, well, you know, you know, she is constantly just bringing up all the men she's horribly disfigured and tortured over the last thousand years she does it in this episode yeah yeah, exactly so you know she's gonna be he's i bet he's probably taking a look at himself and going 
Huh. What do I need to change about myself to avoid? <laughs> this is <laughs> to avoid like this fate? Yeah, this is like the best thing that's ever happened to Xander. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um honestly, Anya's kind of like the best thing to ever happen to any of us. Um uh, but uh but yeah, um Willow and but uh at the same time, Xander's also trying to explain that like, you know, Buffy does have to go after Spike. I mean, what's she going to do? Just let him go away? And, of course, Willow just, once again, brings up that sass and says, well, I mean, if she cares about Spike so much, why don't they just get married? And um, and so we go back to Giles' apartment. He wonders why there hasn't been any shouting. He walks <laughs> out and sees Spike proposing to Buffy, and Buffy immediately accepts. And... <laughs> and um i'm just gonna make this note right now we aren't gonna talk too much about this because i feel like if we start just bringing up our favorite things about this we're gonna be here Mm -hmm. all damn day yep but suffice to say this is pure comedy gold like it Mm is i mean i i think it's many people's high point of the episode um but yeah, this is just fantastic. Props to James Marsters and Sarah Michelle Geller for um, for being able to uh, for being able to just pull this complete one eighty on Buffy and on Buffy and uh, Spike's feelings towards each other, and um, and also props to props to Anthony Head for um, oh God. for basically being as sassy as he can be. Yeah. <laughs> I also really love that, like, despite this, their their this cattiness that they have towards each other still like manages to come through yes. in certain moments. Yes, that's a really nice touch. No, no, it's still there. It's just like, oh, like, what if the only thing that we changed was that Buffy and Spike were madly in love with each other? Because you know, you yeah. can be madly in love with somebody and still like be annoyed by them. I don't know what you're talking that, about. Uh, that's marriage. I mean, right? <laughs> I uh, I plead the fifth. <laughs> uh, got, uh, audience, I apologize for calling out Harrison multiple times in this episode. <laughs> eh. No, honestly, it's good for me. Keeps me keeps me humble. Um, they're as humble as I can be. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so acknowledging that uh, Spike and Buffy. Uh, being engaged is um hilarious uh we go back to xander who is you know still trying to like you know let willow hey you know what you'll things will be better in time and you'll meet somebody else and this Mm -hmm. isn't exactly the uh best thing to say to somebody who's no it's uh, it's his heart's in the right place and i feel like this is so common when someone is grieving over the end of a relationship that does seem to be the typical advice that people give. You'll meet someone else. Yeah, you know, the, there's other there's other fish yeah, in the sea. Yeah, and while true, that that is factual, I actually don't think it's very helpful for someone who's in that place because that's not what they want. Um, that's not... Not that you should say, like, oh, don't worry, you'll definitely get back together. But, like, maybe, maybe just leaving out the you know the 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 idea of a new relationship at all is the best way to go and just help them work through 
I have I have always found um, in the times that my friends have come to me um, post breakup, I've always found that probably the best way to go about it is you know just let them mm-hmm. vent, let them like say whatever they need to say, and just um, just say like, all right, well I'm here yeah. for you whenever, and uh, yeah, like and, and like you said, like you don't want to say oh there's other fish in the sea. You also don't want to say, like, oh, just keep holding on, like, things will work yeah. out. Um, just, you know, let let people vent, because people need to yeah. vent. Um, unfortunately, Willow, uh, th- this does this comment does tick off Willow, and so she then decides to once again be nasty to Xander. You know, which, you know um, who's the Chad this n- week? It's Willow. No alcohol involved in this one. <laughs> I, I propose that we, we yeah. give the chat alert to Willow. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I'd say that. Yeah, and uh, so then she just lists off all of um, Xander's past relationships that have involved demons, from the Incan Mummy Girl to the uh, to the uh, praying mantis teacher, mm-hmm. and then um, of course like Anya. She's like, you know what? You're basically a demon magnet. You know what I kind of wish though. Uh, obviously, Cordelia's not a demon. But I wish that Willow had thrown in some, like, snarky comment of, like, and Cordelia's, like, basically demonic or, like, some, some, like, kind of. And then in the next episode of Angel, (laughs) like, all of a sudden, Cordelia gets possessed by a demon. Oh, you know, you're right. That that would have been, that's probably why that's not there, because that would probably have some sort of implication about what would have to happen over yeah. on angel fair fair point <laughs> that's funny yeah um so uh yeah giles is basically um fed up like at first he thought that he was fed up with their bickering but now that um spike and buffy are kissing it's so and much worse planning the wedding yeah it's like oh my god and and also giles who has been slowly losing his sight is like i think i have completely gone blind look and um he ends up dropping the scotch that he was drinking he's like don't worry more i have more scotch (laughs) (laughs) so he's like um and he says i think a spell has obviously been done on us um and funnily enough spike decides that he wants to help it's like oh you will need a um you'll need like just a general like uh cancellation spell or something like that and um he's like you're actually helping me he's like well i mean you're practically my father-in-law <laughs> um one thing we did skip over was uh buffy does ask giles <laughs> to um give her away yeah um which it's a nice little it's, moment that's kind of tucked in all of the hilarity it's genuinely sweet even though it's ridiculous um yes. she says she says you know I, I i'm sure my dad could drive into town but this day should be about family um which is such a great way to like say something really sweet to giles while also dissing her dad love that um uh, but <laughs> yeah fuck, fuck you hank, hank. <laughs> um and giles is briefly touched by this um but like you said earlier it that's partially why it's so important that they change nothing about Buffy and Spike's personality, uh, Spike's personalities other than just putting this ridiculous idea into their heads that they're so on board with is that we know that if Buffy were actually getting married, 
she would be asking Giles to give her away. Um, and that's lovely yeah. um, amidst the, the, the humor as well. Um, by the way, uh, I kind of want to change my uh, dating profile on Bumble to that um, genuinely, sleep, but, genuinely sweet but ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I, I, I like, that's how I like to view myself. Um, but uh, so uh, Buffy says, oh, I'm going to go to the magic shop and I'll get um, all the stuff that we need for the spell. And um, she does that. And the magic shop is right down the street from uh, um, April Fool. Um, yeah, I was like, I was about to say lucky again. <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's not that. Um, but yeah, the, and she sees a wedding dress in the uh, in the window. And uh, of course, Riley does what he has been <laughs> doing for the past few episodes. He sees Buffy on the street and decides like, ooh, I'll run up and have a good conversation with her. Maybe he shouldn't have done it no, in this episode. No, no, no. <laughs> because cause she's like, oh, isn't this, isn't it beautiful? And Riley's like, uh, yeah, you know, I, I guess so. She's like, oh, by the way, I want you to know that you will always be my friend and I hope you'll come. And he's like, what? <laughs> she's like, yeah, come to the wedding. Whose wedding? My <laughs> wedding. It's like, what? <laughs> You're getting married? And like... He's yeah, so perplexed. Mark, Mark Blucas. He, he does a great job with this. Mark Blucas's reactions is so great because typically I feel like um, with the exception of his awkwardness around Buffy in the first few episodes that he talks to her, um, I think that uh, Riley is typically unflappable. Mm-hmm. But, oh my God, <laughs> he gets really flapped here. Yep. Yes, he does. <laughs> and he's trying so hard yeah, to so be, like... He's trying really hard to be, like, kind and, like... But also being, like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, and, like, I love that Buffy just, like, loses all pretense of keeping things secret from him. <laughs> and... But, like, she also doesn't give too many specifics. She's like, oh, you'll love, you'll love him. Well, actually, or you'll like, you'll really like him. It's like, actually, nobody really likes I him. I don't even really like him. <laughs> <laughs> but I love him. And and he's, he's and so Riley's like, well, I mean, what, does he go to class or whatever? She's like, oh, no, he's super old. Not, though not older than my last boyfriend. <laughs> oh. And at that point, Riley's just like, you know what? Whatever, that just walks away. I'm like, probably better for you, Riley. Yep. Um, so Xander, Xander and Anya are are trying to, you know, get intimate the way that they, they do. They just had some fruit um, roll-ups. Uh, yeah. <laughs> given to them by uh, Xander's mom. So I guess Xander's mom's come around to Anya. Um, uh, she, she doesn't have it, to use this. I adore anymore. Yeah, I think everybody's going to eventually come around to Anya except Willow. Yeah. <laughs> Willow just isn't a fan. Nope. Ooh, we can invite... Ooh, can we have this party so we can not invite Anya? <laughs> but, um, yep. but yeah, unfortunately, their intimate time is interrupted by demons because Xander has become a demon magnet. And... Um, Really, really important point here. Uh, Anya 
immediately is able to identify the demon that comes after Xander and like mm-hmm. tell him what he needs to do. And that I think gives a nice um is a nice uh, preview of Anya's one of Anya's many roles in the group. Mm-hmm. Um and She's that's got a thousand years of experience. Like yeah. let's, let's utilize that. Yeah, and I think that's um and I really like uh, we talked about the introduction of um of Spike and Anya to the main group. Um spoiler alert, Anya does eventually become a main character. Um but uh we do I think that it's one thing that season four does extremely well is incorporate these two characters, Spike and Anya, into this already established group mm-hmm. and um, does it extremely well uh, to the point where minus a couple of characters that we um, have not met yet, the uh, we, we really building kind of this new phase of the Scooby gang Mm-hmm. And uh, and it, it works. It's a really fun phase that lasts for a fairly long time. Yeah. No, I really like um, the way, um, yeah, how, how well they've been incorporating Anya into the group. Because um, it's difficult sometimes to is- incorporate new characters into an established dynamic. And, um, and they're doing it really well. Um. Uh, but, um, but, yeah, so Xander eventually makes his way... Xander and Anya eventually are able to get to Giles' apartment. And uh, Xander looks more panicked when he sees that Buffy and Spike are engaged <laughs> and than any demon attack so far. Yep. And uh, when Giles says that he's blind and says, like, no, they're actually engaged. And and um, Buffy and Spike start, like, you know, being all kissy and everything. He's like, wow, can I be blind too? <laughs> um I love when he when Giles tells him he's blind. He goes and like starts waving his fingers in front of Giles's face, and Giles is like, "Stop what you're doing! You smell like Fruit Loops, Fruit Roll Ups, <laughs> Fruit Roll Ups." That's right. But um, yeah, it's so great uh, because and here's here's the part where we get one of my favorite recurring jokes, and that is um, Xander of all people is the one who starts to put together. Like, wait a minute. Uh, Willow made the comment that I was being, I was basically being a demon magnet. And, uh, and she did mention like, oh, why don't Buffy and Spike get married? And then uh, Giles chimes in with, she did say that I couldn't see anything. And that's when they're like, I think we're all under a spell. Except for Buffy. Yes. And then Buffy says, oh, well, you guys must all be under a spell because I'm the slayer. I must have some sort of immunity. Guys, this happens quite often throughout the show, despite the fact that Buffy is indeed affected by some spells. While she's under their effects, she denies that she's affected by them because she thinks that... Yes, every time. Because she thinks that she's the Slayer, and that doesn't... That doesn't affect her. It's... It it is such a great running gag. (laughs) I must be immune because I'm the slayer. And she always... (laughs) She always comes in with that exact line, and I love it. Um, There's also, as they're figuring this out... uh, um, I will say, there is one part of this episode I don't like a lot, where uh, I do feel like the gang 
comes down on Willow really hard for her her grief. They're um they're not quite as kind, I think, as they should be to her, especially when they're like talking about her behind her back and yeah. Willow says something like like we're all tired of it. It's like um, that's maybe not the best look for um, your friends. You mean Xander says that? I thought I thought Buffy said or maybe they both say well, you something. You said that Willow them. said it. Oh, I meant I meant Buffy, but maybe Xander says it. Um, regardless, though, okay. it does lead into Anya's great line where she just goes, oh, we don't have to pretend to be nice to her anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe Anya isn't warming up to Willow. <laughs> well. Um... But uh, because, of, um, because of all this that's happening, Willow is drawn into the realm of Dehofren. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Dehofren, if you all will remember is the demon who made Anya a vengeance demon. And he says that, oh, I'm here to offer you a job. And uh, so they all go to uh, look for Willow, the gang does, and they see, oh, there was a portal here, and Anya immediately recognizes it. She's like, uh, guys, we're in trouble. So they um, they decide to go to uh, the graveyard to try to open up another portal to uh to get to willow mm-hmm. while at the same time trying to escape the demons anya gives a nice little we get a little glimpse into her backstory that we um we learned that she was um she was a human and she got um um uh jilted and uh started performing some spells hmm wonder who that sounds like um she mentions like mostly boils on the penis and stuff like that um but that's what got and uh, Xander's Dehofren... immediately like skip that please skip yeah, that, skip that part. <laughs> um that's what got uh Dehofren's attention um then he made me into a vengeance demon and one like love that little backstory um and uh i i love in the future, when we get to dive into that backstory with uh, even more detail um, in one of my favorite episodes of the entire series. And that was a good um, episode. And, uh, but it's also, it's nice to see these par- this parallel between uh, what Anya experienced and what uh, Willow is currently experiencing. And also the very different ways that they reacted to the same, um, the same situation. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, I guess Oz is lucky that uh, Willow never wanted to put boils on his penis. Yeah. Um, but uh, as they, they find a mausoleum, and uh, and at first, they're like, at first Buffy's like, wait, wait a minute. Wouldn't this be the perfect place for pictures? Because <laughs> they're still thinking about the wedding. And... Uh, and the and obviously Spike's like I'm not standing out for pictures. I'm not gonna stand in the sunlight. <laughs> and they're like, Oh my god, just go in. And Buffy says like, All right, but don't tramp on any of the foliage. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the demons do uh, start attacking, and Anya's trying to open up the portal and summon to Hoffren while uh, everybody else is fighting the demons. And at this point, to Hoffren says, Oh. You've been, uh, you've obviously caused so much, uh, pain to your friends. This is, uh, this is exactly what I'm looking for, uh, in my vengeance demons. And, uh, he shows, like, this little, uh, view of 
ev- all the Scoobies fighting these demons, and um, Willow just immediately feels absolute regret. Uh, she says like no, and and she's like I don't want to be a vengeance demon. And De Hoffren says, "You don't want to be a vengeance demon." And there's this dramatic music, and he's like, "All right, yeah, that's disappointing." But De, yeah, De Hoffren is so funny. Like, whenever he shows up in an episode, you are in for a treat. Yeah, I love that. Um, but he does give his talisman to uh, to Willow, saying, "You know, if you change your mind." Here's Just my let card. Me know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he transports Willow to the mausoleum. And um, obviously, uh, Anya had given up on the portal and she was helping Xander fight. And uh, and Spike and Buffy immediately, or um, in the middle of the fight, decide to just start making out. And Willow undoes the spell. The demons, <laughs> the demons disappear and... And Spike and Buffy are like, oh my god! Ah! <laughs> they like fly off of one another. They do. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's fantastic. Um, so we go back to Giles' apartment. Uh, Spike, I believe, is tied up now. He is tied um, up in a chair again. Yes. We got all and, the humor we needed to from Spike in the bathtub, so he goes back to the chair. <laughs> yeah, um, and Willow is currently making cookies uh, because, as an apology, and you know she's like, you know, maybe a couple hundred cookies more. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> she, um, uh, Giles is like uh, still snarky, and he's like. I notice I have my eyesight back, but I still have to wear my glasses. Uh, you couldn't. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for that. Could, couldn't have sprung for twenty twenty vision. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and and uh, Spike is like, "Don't I get a cookie?" And uh, and so Buffy, uh, and so Buffy says like, "Oh God, I can't believe I ever kissed you. You're the worst." And as she's walking away, um, Spike does say. At least I wasn't the one who wanted wind beneath my wings as our first dance. <laughs> Buffy's like, that was the spell. That was the spell. Yeah, I love how that's the thing that makes everybody's heads turn. And like, really? <laughs> hey, Jason. Hey, what? Did you ever know that you're my hero? Well, and something, something. Harrison, Harrison, you know that uh, you're everything I wish I could be. We really should. We, we, we had a chance to do this episode over, and we still didn't look up the lyrics to "Wind Beneath yep. My Wings." Hang on, what's I listen. I think that's the right way to do it. I think okay. it's who we are, and and we embrace that. Okay, it's everything I would like to be. Ah. <laughs> I can fly higher than an eagle, for you are the wind beneath my wings. Very nice. Uh, I love that, that that song has become a go-to for several really good jokes in TV. Um, Boy Meets World sticks out especially for me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But... Um, 
But yeah, and uh, it's at this point when Buffy realizes that, oh my god, Riley still thinks that I'm getting married. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she's able to just convince Riley that it was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, Mr. Big Bad Initiative, and he doesn't suspect it. After, you know, after four seasons of some of, like, the worst, like, uh, uh, lines, uh, lies uh, to cover things up, you know, we've got gangs on PCP, we've got, like, you know, like, sewers backed up and shit like that. Um, I can, I appreciate the simplicity of, I was kidding. Yeah. (laughs) Yep, I love it. Um. But yeah, that is, um, that is, I almost said that is the wind beneath my wings. <laughs> that is something blue. Um, a really, really funny episode. Um, and also kind of like a nice, a nice, um, you know, mood lifter after I will remember you. Um, yes. and, uh, yeah, it, this is, this might be, um, Apart from, uh, ironically enough, our next Buffy episode, this might be my favorite episode of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think, I, it's definitely up there for me. Yeah, um, I think everybody, everybody's really kind of just on it in this episode. Um, mm-hmm. Strong performance throughout. And um, yes, the writer for this episode, Tracy Forbes, also wrote Beer Bad. So let that be a reminder, kids. Even you can bounce back from something not great. (laughs) Well, it's funny, though, because she only she also only wrote one other episode for the show. And it's where the wild things are later this season, which is. Oh, it makes me wonder. Like, I I was thinking about this earlier because of that. I was like, because this episode is so much stronger than those other two. And Jane Espenson wrote Pangs. I, did something happen and did their writing credits get swapped? Because this feels, this, yeah, I was I was complaining that Pangs felt very much not like a Jane Espenson episode. This feels like a Jane Espenson episode. Agreed. Um, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, it's great. It's a really for, funny episode. For those episode. of you who didn't, uh, oh, yeah. go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, like, just a little note. For those of you who don't know, um, who didn't watch our previous uh, Hot Takes episodes due to spoilers, um, Where the Wild Things Are is my least favorite episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yep. it's And we'll, we'll get to it, unfortunately. But uh, Oh, I say fortunately. I think that's... It may be one of the worst Buffy episodes, but I have a feeling it's going to be one of the best Booze and Buffy episodes. <laughs> yeah um we're gonna go to town on it i might uh i might like pre-game that one just so that i can be in the right amount of alcoholic rage towards that episode nice Nice. um so yeah no this is yeah a great great episode um uh i'm gonna give this episode four bathroom pentagrams out of five i'm going to give this episode four beautiful wedding dresses out of five very nice very nice yep uh yeah i don't really have anything else to say about it um no i think uh, we covered it yeah it's a good episode it's a good episode uh (laughs) well anyway thank you for joining us on booze and buffy 
We'll be back next week with Angel Season 1, Episode 9, Hero, featuring Chad Kroger of Nickelback. Because, after all, they say that a hero can save us. Not gonna stand here wait. You were just a hair's breadth away from that being a Cher impression. <laughs> oh, that's um, that's more of a... Do you believe in life after love? <laughs> there it is. Uh, <laughs> I can do them all, people. <laughs> I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's spelled C-O-F-F-M-A-N. I also have a blog where I write a review of a different horror film each week. This week, I covered the wonderful classic... Um, uh, George Romero's Night of the Living Dead. Ah, yes. I mean, seminal. Yeah. Um, I'm Jason. You can find me on Twitter at YamiJ and on Instagram at YamiJ357. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy, or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. The and is spelled out A-N-D. Also, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Each week, we like to give a shout-out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. This week, we are highlighting the Our House Grief Support Center. Uh, Our House's mission is to provide the community with grief support services, education, resources, and hope. Since 1993, Our House has helped thousands of grieving children, teens, and adults as they embark on their journeys to hope and healing. Visit www.ourhouse-grief.org for more information. And, as always, go slay and be gay. Bye. Bye.